welcome back to that podcast with Isaac Dana. I have no idea how you found me, but I'm happy you did. If you're an entrepreneur, or if you don't even know what that word means yet, but you kind of want to be one, you landed in the right place. Transparency and honesty are the most valuable assets I can give you. As you listen to this, you'll start to understand and possibly relate to the good times and the bad of someone who refuses to work for the man ever again. Like if you hate your job and it feels suffocating because you truly believe that you have so much more potential, if you feel stuck and you just can't seem to figure out what to do next to achieve your goals, or even if you don't know how to set goals yet, that's all about to change for you. Because my number one goal for this podcast is to help you understand your worth and completely transform your outlook on life, giving you so much value, it allows you to become what you aspire to be. If you have any questions or you just want to reach out and chat, bounce some ideas off me, reach out to me. My handle is at Isaac Dana on all social media platforms. So that's at Isaac Dana, and I will gladly, gladly try to help you out in any way I possibly can. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to that podcast with Isaac Dana. This is episode 119, and today I have a very special guest on the show, uh, and his name is Perry Power. So welcome, Perry. Uh, The reason I have him on the show is because, well, my timeline is full of positive energy and positive um, reinforcement. The quotes on his timeline um, are just so inspiring, and to have that pop up in my feed is just such a pleasant surprise. So I wanted him to pop up in your feed as well. Uh, so I wanted to get him on the podcast and just get to know a little bit about him and what he's been up to. So um, how's your day going so far? It's, it's doing great. And you know what? Like, listeners, I didn't even pay him to say that. Like, <laughs> that was amazing. Cheers, dude. I appreciate that. No problem, bro. Um, yeah, no, I'm doing fantastic. It's been a long day. It's been a good day, busy day. Um, literally just got back from having a, a fresh haircut. Looking you know fresh. that feeling? Yeah, you know that feeling when you get your hair done and you're like, wow, I'm on top of the world. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. <laughs> my girlfriend's been cutting my hair lately and I told her, I was like, oh, listen, I have a podcast uh, episode on Monday. I was like, I'm going to have to get a fresh trim. And then I just totally forgot to pencil that into my schedule. So I was just like, oh, so you're making me look like shit here. This is great. <laughs> Brilliant, man. Um, so listen, so what have you what have you been up to recently? Um. Wow, great question. So what I've been up to recently, I have just been focusing every single day. My my focus sort of refreshes and, and my focus for that day is just to impact one life, you know, and that's, that's what I aim to do every single day is impact one life. And I do that whether it be through a particular piece of content, Facebook Live, sending somebody a message saying that I appreciate them. Um, so that's what I've been focused on, focusing on quite heavily. Um, but as well, some of you listeners may know, may not know, but I'm a storyteller. So I work with entrepreneurs to um, create their own personal story and inject storytelling into their content. So that's what I've been doing heavily very recently. Amazing. And when you say storytelling, so so um, I see that that seems to be a huge uh, trend for you. That seems to be what motivates you. Somebody's story, using that as their message and maybe their product eventually or something like that. Um, could you explain a little bit more about why storytelling is so important? Because that's actually why I, that's probably the main reason I got you onto the podcast, just because <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think everybody's got that message. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, now, I think the best way for me to explain why I do this is to kind of go into a bit of a story about me, because that will help sort of bridge the gap. Perfect. So, I just, yeah. Um, so, I, I'm from London. Um, I have an acting background. Um <laughs> I know you do as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have an acting background. I just, oh, yeah. Um, and I, 
when I was 10 years old, the best way for me to explain this is that when I was 10 years old, something happened and it was a secret where I wanted to keep it with me until the day I die. I was like, I'm going to take it to my grave. I don't want to talk about it. And then that was, that was cool. Year after the year, I kept that a secret. Very, very occasionally would revisit it. And then in 2017, so last year, June the 1st, I got a call from my 13-year-old brother telling me that our dad has just died. Um, and it was sudden. So he had, uh, he was a diabetic um, a couple of months before. He was told he was diabetic. And then that morning, he, there's paramedics around. They said, right, we're just going to take Andy down to the hospital to even out his blood sugar levels. So, okay, cool. Gets him back in the ambulance van, has a heart attack on the way to the hospital, doesn't make it. And that was a huge shock because my dad was my best friend. Like we weren't, uh, cause my, my original mom, my biological mom, she walked out when I was four. So my dad raised me. So it was a very close relationship. And that really sort of took a big hit on me. And I didn't know how to handle it, but I did. Cause we got no other choice but to do that. Um, but in, for about a year or so after his death, I really did some sort of reflection work, one on me and two on my dad. And, but for about three years prior to his death, he just went downhill. Like he started to drink more, became an invisible alcoholic, would never talk about his emotions or events. He basically just lived as a victim to his own story, right? It's all going to start to link together in, in just a bit. And um, I remember once I asked him, why was he drinking? And he said, to fight away the demons. So as I started to dive a bit more deeper into his story, I realized that he'd been living his whole life wearing different masks, right? Just wearing different masks, acting in a certain way in a social setting. Um, like I noticed when he'd be at a party, if he's sober, he would be on the outline, right? He would be he would be in the shadows, so to speak. And if he wanted to be the center of attention, he would need to have a drink, right? And I started to notice all these different things. And um, I was like, I looked at myself and I was like, if I could keep this secret a secret, what happened when I was 10, there may be just a small chance that I go down the same road as my dad and pass away before the age of 50. And I was like, I don't want that. Because my whole life, I, I didn't realize, but I'd been following my dad's footsteps, wearing a mask, being acting a certain way. You know, somebody seeing me cry, they're like, whoa, Perry, you don't cry. And I'll wipe away that tear and I'll walk away, whatever, you mask it, put it in that secret chest at the back of your mind. And I was like, right, I need to start opening up more. That was my initial thought. And I went to a mastermind event. Um, there's me, four other people. And they said, right, guys, introduce yourself. And uh, they started on one side of the room. So I was the last one. Because I, like, I, I was on the outside. So I was either going to be first or last. I was last. I said, like, I don't know what to talk about. What do I say? And all of a sudden, I just blurted out. And my secret was when I was 10 years old, I got sexually abused by my granddad for over a year. And um, when I was 11, my dad happened to find out about it. Cause he just came up with a conversation, even though I think... He um, steered a conversation. I reckon that he had an inkling of what was going on, and he steered a conversation in that way to get me to talk about it. But um, I opened up about that, and it's crazy because for 14 years I'd been living inside my own head, judging myself, hating myself, not liking who's looking back in the mirror because I blame myself for not talking out about it. I blame myself for letting it happen, and uh, I thought other people would do the same thing. So when I shared that, and I saw that everybody else didn't do that. They loved me, they, they included me, they appreciated me. I was like, wow, okay. So what would happen if I continuously share this? What would happen if I continuously live my life being my authentic, true self? And that's what I started to do. And on my drive home away, um, from that mastermind, I said, Perry, you need to share this story. You shared it to four people, you need to share it to a lot of people. 
And I was like, I could tell my, my, like, my family, my friends, like, no, create a video, put it on Facebook. This was the voice inside my head. I was like, oh, but I just ended up doing it. It took me five or six, no, six or seven tries. I ended up posting the video on from Facebook and then boom, everybody just loved and appreciated me. And then from there, it's crazy, right? Because I've got a fitness background. So I was an online, well, I still am, so to speak, an online fitness coach. And um, when I was sharing that story, people started to message me. Wow, you've helped me do this. You've helped me think differently. You've helped me get out of this dark spot. You know, I really started to change lives, but initially I did it for me, right? And, um, and then just start to snowball. I'm really snowball. And then I started to just, and this is the thing, storytelling links back to acting, right? Because when we're, when we're in actors, we, we have to storytell. Otherwise, people aren't going to watch our film or our, watch our theater. And, um, and I didn't see that there was a bridge there either. And then all of a sudden, entrepreneurs started to reach out to me and ask me to help develop their personal story and then help to use their story to sell their service or sell their product or sell themselves as a personal brand. And then that's how it bridged together. And it just, just blew up. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Well, I don't even know where to begin. That story, <laughs> that story just happened so fast. Um, and the fact that you have turned out uh, like this, just it, it's clearly just um, it clearly shows what changing your mindset actually does for you about any situation um, mm. and how using your own message really can help other people. And, and just think if you didn't, if you just kept that in, like you're saying, if you just kept that in, man. Like, where would you like the people that you've changed their lives already? Their lives wouldn't have been changed without that video. So that's, yeah. uh, that's I mean, that's that's crazy important for listeners right now um, because they might have a message that they're afraid to get out too. You know what I mean? And is that when your coaching comes into play? So people are coming to you being like, hey, um, do you find people confiding in you a little bit more now? And they're in oh, big time, really? big time. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, people just, I, a lot of the time, their first message, like let's just say, uh, here's an example. So last night, um, I posted my story somewhere. It was in a Facebook group. Posted my story um, to introduce myself, kind of like what I just did here on the podcast. And um, I had somebody reach out to me, and it was the first message. You know how sometimes, like, if I ever met you before, and I just send you a quick PM on Facebook, and say, oh, hey, how's it going? Open up that conversation. He didn't say, hey. He just went straight into his story saying, reading, yeah. Wow. And like, yeah, and but I get that not not consistently, but I do get it, right? And obviously what had happened is that this is the thing with, with storytelling and sharing your personal story is that the average Joe who meets somebody, it will take years for them two people to get to a certain point where they can actually confide in each other and open up about personal stuff, right? right. But you can really speed that process by like one post, for example, right? And just escalate that level of trust. So he got this level of trust in me, which is insane for him to talk to a complete stranger and talk to me about how he was a drug addict and how he doesn't know how to transform that into his story. And he's never told anybody about that before. And that was the first person he's told. Wow. It's, it's crazy. That is yeah. crazy. So do you think it's because you dropped that wall for yourself too? And now it's, he sees that and he's like, oh man, I wonder, yeah, oh man, yeah. that's so crazy to me. This is the thing, right? Is um, this is the point? The the important thing to understand is that when you share your story, you give people permission to share their own story. Wow, that's it. That, <laughs> that's that, it. That, it's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, it's as simple. You're giving them permission. If, you, if they don't hear your story, they don't realize that they are in a place to share their own story. Right. And uh, so here's a question for you. So when I first started. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've gone through a whole bunch of shit in my life. And, and I, I thought 
And and then I would always compare my story or my situation to somebody else's that had it worse. And I was like, oh, well, it's not that oh, bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I was like, well, I can handle it. I don't want to be that guy complaining about my issues all the time. Or, you know, you see a bunch of people just posting craziness on Facebook about their life or why it's so bad. And I was like, I don't want to be that person. So then, yeah. but then at some point it kind of switched over and I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened, but it just kind of, um, I was just, I just figured out how to be happy like every single day uh, and, and just be motivated and set my own goals and really like strive to achieve something worth um, achieving, I guess. And, and once I had that, it kind of, I felt like the, the little guy in the back of my head being like, well, why should you share your story? You know, like, or what makes your story better than this? Or why would you even post that? Or, you know, are you just looking for attention? All of those thoughts, um, I think popped in before it's natural. It's natural. Right. And, and, and I think that's, that is huge for other people too. I know a ton of people that are like, Oh, well, I mean, I've had people tell it to me like, well, what's so, what makes your story different? Like, why would anybody learn from you? Or why would anybody, you know, trust your background or, or, um, you know, like why, why is it worth you telling that story? You know, and, that really plays over in my head, but now I just kind of eliminate that thought, you know, if somebody does that. So have you noticed about themselves? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It is. There's a bit of a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? They don't believe in themselves enough to actually bring that story to light or, you know, there's a little bit of a self-conscious thing there. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so now, so how do you help these people after they come to you? Say this guy, um, I know he just messaged you, but say this guy comes to you and, with that story. Now, what do you say to him uh, in return to kind of, you know, that, that's a heavy story to read real fast. <laughs> if you got that, like, first, <laughs> yeah. at first at 7 a.m. in the morning, man, that's a, that's a crazy story to read right off the bat. So how do you yeah. go in there and help him um, from there after he tells you what he's got going on? Yeah, um, definitely. Here's the thing, right? Like, so I always need to find out what they want to try and achieve, you know, like, cause I, I've had this before and I choose to not work with them is when people want to create their personal story just to sell. Ah. Because then I'm like, Mm-mm, sorry, mate. Nah, I'm not working with you because one, because I never did that myself. So I can't relate to that side of the coin. Right. Right. And two, but there's different aspects of this. What I'm trying to say is like when you create your personal story, cause you need to do it for you first. Like that person reaching out to me straight away, I can guarantee you he's got some issues going on that he needs help with, right? And because that's, that's like a hint of like desperation where he just wants someone's help and he trusted me enough to reach out to me straight away with his story or part of his story like that, right? right. So with someone like him is that it's all about going through their story. So like I'll say to him, right, so let's say we're hopping on a call, but so talk, talk me through your story. Now, they may not have an actual structure to it and they just mind dump on me, but that's fine. Talk to me through their story and there'll be some things that they can just brush over because some people, they think that they're normal is everyone else's normal, mm. right? But just because it's your normal doesn't mean it's anyone else's normal. So they may brush over some things and then I'll dissect it. And like, I was like, well, hold on a second. Let's just go back to that point you just said there. Talk to me about that again. And I'm like, well, what about it? No, just talk to me about it. And then they'll just start chatting. I'm like, see, this, this is the thing you're brushing over that let's revisit that like ride the wave of emotions and they're like wow actually that's probably that probably was a pinnacle moment in my life but i just never really thought of it like that and then we start to sort of dissect all of these little things and i call them chapters right so the chapters in your life is like we are walking books you know you've got a book you've got chapters that form the book we've got chapters in our life that form the person that we are today so it's all about finding those chapters and then creating like what i call your defining moment so out of those chapters there'll be one moment right one moment, which was like your all is lost moment, where you're in a situation where your back's against the wall 
and you had two options. One was to stand up and fight and to reclaim what was yours or stand up for what you're believing. Or the second option was to give up and quit because the going was getting really, really bad. But you decided to stand up and fight for it and come out the other side a transformed person. And that's your defining moment. And that is what helped create your message. And when you start to share that message, that creates a movement around it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. So uh, do you find... So there's a part of their chapter, right? They have a they have a chapter that they just kind of like believe is somebody else's. Uh, also, you know, they believe that that chapter is also somebody else's chapter, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Which, so so how do you tell them? Actually, no, no, no. That is, that's that's specific to your life. So you can still use that as a story or a piece of content or something like that. So yeah, this is the thing, right? I think like when people and you mentioned it earlier, and it definitely does come down to comparison. You know, is when, let's say you, we, we may have a, uh, a listener right now who's just heard my story. Then they're like, well, I didn't go anything. I didn't go through anything like that. So, and then they get bummed down. They're like, well, what's the point of me even talking about my story? Because I've had a normal life. But that's their normal, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but it doesn't mean it's everyone else's normal. Right. And I think people are trying to locate something like drastic in their life and they try to link a movement around something being drastic, being negative in their life. And it doesn't, like, I need to reframe that. So when I'm, when I'm talking to somebody, it's actually pretty simple. I literally just say to them, I was like, listen, everything you've been through is unique to you. Everyone, you can have two people go through the exact same experience, the exact same experience, but have two different stories of it, have two different outlooks. Mm. You won't get exactly the same. Right. Which is the beauty of it. There's a, uh, I have a, I have a very, very, very good friend of mine and we were shooting, we'll go back to acting in a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were shooting uh, a web series for him. It's called Becoming and he was showing me the locations like where he grew up in Jersey and I was like, okay, cool. And part of it was like really, really ghetto with rundown buildings and, you know, like boarded up homes and uh, triple deckers and whatever. And, and I didn't grow up around that. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, well. Even if we have the same story, we're here in this moment right now. He clearly knows his neighborhood is a little different than mine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then this is this is a prime example. We're going over the basketball courts and I was like, he's like, oh, I used to play when I was younger here and whatever. Um, and there's a little pool over here. And he's like, you know, one time I came down here with the guys and he just said this so nonchalantly. He's like, one time I came down here with the guys and uh, one of the one of the ball players lost and he pulled the gun and pointed it right at my head. And then, uh, you know, I had to like call my mom and everything and, and have her like come pick me up because I was freaking out after he like left and whatever. And, you know, it's just kind of a threat move. And but he said it so like. That it happens if, on yeah. that court, like, you know, once a week. And I was just like, bro, that's not normal. Okay. In, in my <laughs> life, like you got to understand that either that's a piece of content for your show that you're writing or whatever. Um, and uh, another example of his story versus mine, right? We were in similar boats where everybody was like trying to move out of their parents' house or um, trying to find that independent thing. You know what I mean? I think yeah, as yeah. guys specifically, uh, you always want to be like in charge or take care of people around you or the family or whatever. Um, and he had a hard time writing anything or, and, and acting and everything. And then when, when he found out that he could use his story, which was living with his mom still, when he could use that and all of a sudden it became relatable for other people that are living in the basements and (laughs) living, you know, in small bedrooms with, you know, another family member or something like that. All of a sudden his entire show just kind of like fell onto paper. Um, because he realized that his story was actually helping too. It wasn't necessarily just like, you know, trying to produce content or using his story for, um, you know, a couple likes or anything, but it was actually going to help somebody while they're in the same situation in another location 
you know, in the U.S. or even in just in Jersey, somebody else yeah. is also living in their parents' basement or or in their parents' home, and they're just like, oh, I wish I could fucking leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's interesting how fast things, you know, that like you had everybody come to you right as soon as you shared your message, you had everybody be like, oh hey, you know, and, and it's funny how fast things happen like that. Um, but very quickly before you move on, very quickly is that um, Ed Milet, right? Yeah, he talks about quite frequently, he goes, because you know, like um, a lot of people in the entrepreneurial industry, whenever they share their story, they will say, oh, I came from uh, like a, a very poor neighborhood, dropped out of school. That's like a, a thing, right? Mm-hmm. What is what they say and they make, they get their point. But, and it's very true, Ed Barnett said, well, I didn't have that background. I grew up middle class. But he uses that as part of his story, whereas the average person who grew up middle class, they will feel like they don't have a story to tell because it's normal, it's middle. They right. weren't poor, they weren't rich. Middle was just a, the a normal, uh, middle class is just a you know the middle slate. I find it very interesting, but he was still able to use that as part of his story. Why? Because it's just how he he grew up. So he thought very simple. So so you're saying a lot of people think that the middle class is like you just have an average story. <laughs> average exactly average right. story. I didn't go through tough times. You know, it's just a a nice upbringing. Like I had a conversation with somebody a few weeks ago, and they're like, oh well, I had a I had a nice upbringing. My parents treated me right. I'm like. One, you said I had a nice upbringing. My parents treated me right. You probably just skipped like 15 years there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, what aren't you telling? That's, that's a dead <laughs> giveaway right there. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's just all come, it all comes down to, um, I think, because we have been brought up to, um, to not talk about ourselves a lot. And, uh, you know, like, if we're going to be crying about things we've talked about, like we've gone through, somebody said, oh, just man up, move on. It's mm. happened kind of thing. And we're like, oh, well, so we'll downplay everything we've gone through. And that's why I think a lot of people struggle to realize that what they've been through is probably actually worth talking about. Well, yeah. And, and you know, the funny thing is, <laughs> so, so this is actually uh, kind of funny happening right now. So I just, I just literally did a road trip. You're my first podcast episode since I've decided to uh, move to Portland, Oregon. So I was in Massachusetts and then my girlfriend and I, we drove all the way across the country. Uh, we wanted to go coast to coast and we did it in a couple months or so, you know, and, and again, I'm like forgetting a lot of details that probably actually matter to somebody else. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but yeah. because I was in the process while you're going through it, you forget to, to do a whole bunch of stuff. So I started documenting the trip and everything. And then when I got out to Oregon, I was like, okay, well I've left the negativity back in Massachusetts. If there was any, you know what I mean? I had to like change up my environment and, and search for like-minded individuals and whatnot. And some people don't even do that. Right. So I take that for granted. I start thinking, oh, well, you know, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. So I just went up and drove, you know, I felt like I was running away a little bit, but then I started thinking about it. I started having conversation with people and they were like, wow, uh, you know, this is like my second time moving away from Massachusetts. I did New York for a little while and now I'm out in Oregon and I don't, there's no timeline. There's just like, the way I'm looking at it is like, well, I just needed a new location to stay for a little bit while I get my online businesses up and running while I get my podcast and, you know, Danny university up and running and stuff. It made me, uh, it seemed like the right thing to do, but a lot of people don't even uh, think that just that thought, they, they just pass over that thought. And I've had a hard time talking to people because I thought I was, uh, like the, here, here we go. The thought comes really easy to me, right? So hard decisions, uh, seem to be probably the most easy thing for me to do. Right. I like, I love making decisions in that moment where it seems like crucial or life or death. And those decisions are really easy for me to make. And I feel like a lot of people, uh, don't take the necessary steps to make those decisions. Uh, that will benefit the future version of themselves. And because I've made so many of those decisions, this isn't like a bragging thing, but because I've made so many of those decisions, that's just my natural way of thinking now. And 
I take for granted how easy it is for me to make those decisions. So when I have a conversation with somebody else and they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm unhappy right now or, you know, I'm, I'm same old, same old in a relationship. It's like, well, why don't you just leave? <laughs> like, uh, and, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And there's a whole lot of things like that. And I, I just I have a hard time relating to people uh, when they don't make decisions like that and it, it's become complicated have you have you witnessed something similar or no dude i I'm, I'm the same i can make and i have done like i've made big decisions but if with me i'm a um i yeah i'm the same i love making big decisions where the outcome could be really bad or really good <laughs> right. and i love that right and i absolutely love it um and i i moved out of home when i was 18 mm. you know i i really don't care about possible consequences. That doesn't, I don't, I don't really care. I just want to make a decision. But with me, I make a decision quick, right? So let's right. just say like I'm sitting here right now. I'm like, I really want to go and do that. The average Joe would be like, okay, I'm going to put certain things in place and I'm going to go do it next year. <laughs> me, no, I'll probably go and do it tomorrow or right. tonight. Right. And trust me, it's, and, but here's the thing, right? So you've got that end of the scale, which I love doing, which the average Joe can't or don't, or choose not to. But then the other scale, as simple as, Picking somewhere to eat tonight. Oh, do I find that tough? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like trust me. If we go to a restaurant and they give us a menu, uh, I'm known for it, but I'm known for it. Everybody goes out to eat with me. They tell me to have a look at the menu on the website before we leave the house. I'm <laughs> oh, so, so bad. <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. The the different scale. So I don't have the, I don't have that problem. So so or that's not a problem. <laughs> but I don't I don't do that. So. Um, it's funny because my girlfriend does do that. She'll look at the website because she knows that when I go uh, to the restaurant, I'm like, all right, I'm going to have this. Um, But so I want to know a little bit more about that. Why do you have a hard time choosing like say between a chicken sandwich and a burger when you go out to eat? Um, I think, I think, I don't know actually. I think maybe I, I'm just trying to think now because I'm the same when it comes to maybe going to Netflix and picking a film. Right. I'm the exact same, right? It will get to where 40 minutes have gone past. I mean, I'm like, I'm not even going to put a bloody film on anymore. And I don't. <laughs> yeah, because I've had enough. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just trying to think, what is it? And I don't know. I know with food, I love food too much. Like, and like, let's just say there's a steak and then there's a uh, half a chicken. Right. I'm imagining the taste of a steak. Like, I, really, I give it too much for. Yeah, I'm imagining yeah. the taste of steak in my mouth and imagining the taste of chicken. I'm like, but I want that, but then I want that. And I can't make a decision. And then um, recently, I've tried to get better at it. And you know what's annoying is that I'll, I'll just make an instant decision. And usually, that meal that I just made an instant decision, I regret because I mean, it wasn't nice. And right. I should have gone with the first option. I'm like, oh, well, I prefer the old Perry kind of thing, you know? Right, right. So, is, so but you don't find that happening uh, when you have to make uh, <laughs> somewhat harder decisions, right? So, say that you're about to spend... Uh, Let's use like a website or something, any software that you know is an investment in yourself or an investment in your future or, you know, there's, there's still here. Uh, let's, let's go back one. Um, when you reach out to somebody to get them on your podcast, right? Yeah. Some people can't make that choice to invite somebody on the podcast. Yes, they want a podcast. That's a thought, right? But they haven't had one yet. And then, or they don't do the, enough research. You know, they haven't made the decision to do enough research on how to create your own podcast, right? Yeah. Um, so you have a very easy, y- y- your decision process is very easy when you reach out and, and, and talk to these people. So what makes that really, really easy? And is that just kind of come natural to you? Like just having conversation? Oh, okay. 
I was going to say this is, I don't know why, but this is a, such a tough question for me to answer. Because really? I, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be that guy who just says it comes naturally because, um, I don't know, but usually when people say, oh, yeah, it just comes naturally, you just want to bloody punch him or something. <laughs> you know, and like when, when it doesn't come naturally to you and, you, and you've got somebody that says it comes naturally to me, you like, oh, shut up, man. Right, right, right. And, uh, <laughs> but like, but with okay, me, so I, is, not to interrupt, is it, is it actually fairly difficult for you to reach out to somebody on social media? Do you have to like, do you have butterflies right before you message them or, or right before they get no. on the podcast or anything? No, so that, stuff like that. I don't, I don't think about maybe it comes from the acting days of, of just getting out of my comfort zone from an early age. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to link it, but, um, I, I never second guess it. Like if I have to make a big, big decision, whether it's, um, I don't know, going to, I think when, when was it? I, Here's, here's one example is that oh, when was this must be about six or seven months ago um i wanted to find a coach to help me with my online fitness business a while back right and um i found him and then he said to me well we got a mastermind in literally under two weeks time we got a mastermind event which is what i talked about before yeah sure and then um i said like, okay cool he goes yeah we've got five people that's coming um was five slots and it's going to cost two grand and then at that time i didn't have any money right and i had no so i didn't have any money and i didn't have any renewal of clients or appointments that could make that could make me think oh well i've got some opportunity to get some income between now and a, a week and a half right right, right? Yeah. i had nothing right but i was like okay cool and i told him yeah i'm coming yeah put me a spot yeah i'll get you that two grand like just a decision on that i'm like 100 i'll be there done i don't care i don't know how i'm gonna get the money i don't have the money but i'll get it and yeah. i did sorry you know, there's I, a so, dog in the background my bad <laughs> no it's fine i um and maybe i've always been like that and it's tricky to answer i've always just been so comfortable and i've realized that i've been like this because people who like my parents like the average parent who can't make decisions like that, oh, you know? Nuts. Yeah, and I'm just the complete opposite. And I don't know, maybe, I actually don't know the answer. I'm just going to ramble on here. I don't sure, know. Sure. Okay, so so here's the thing. You mentioned confidence, right? So yeah. I think I think that is maybe also what led us both into acting a little bit. Um, there was a, just a slight bit more confidence than the people around me. Or, um, you know, when I was younger, I did, back in my... Uh, beauty days i did a lot of modeling so it was like i was told um but i was told oh you know you, you should you should be a model or whatever and then it, it's funny because my surrounding if, if i looked at the people that i was surrounded by they might think that i could be a model but then when i moved to new york my story totally different these guys were shipped in from italy you know what i mean just looking uh, yeah. gorgeous and i was like I'm, I'm so out of place here i should be telling them i and then the roles reversed and i started telling them oh they could be a model you know what i mean but yeah. the confidence level i think i think everybody just kind of like telling me oh you can do this you can do this that kind of raised my confidence really early and that's why i actually moved to new york when did you uh when did you get into acting because i think that acting really we just we're going there now you were going there i think <laughs> acting just kind of uh enhanced the confidence and even i don't mean to keep talking you're the guest but uh, i think acting kind of enhanced my confidence level and for me specific i don't know if this happened to you as well but when i was in school i started taking headshots of of other actors and i said you know because i need some money so i was like oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna make some money off of these actor buddies i got so i started taking headshots and 
I realized that they were not as comfortable in front of the camera as I was. I didn't know if that was from my modeling days or whatever, but I was like, man, you're an actor. You should, you should be like fully capable of staring at this camera or, um, you know, looking off to the side or whatever, cause you're going to be on camera for the rest of your life if you choose to do this. You know what I mean? And I realized that I still had a little bit of a higher confidence threshold, I guess, even when I was shooting, um, that person. So do you have a similar thing with the acting when it comes to confidence? Yeah, this is a thing, right? Like, I I won't say always, but I'll probably say, because I, I was never bullied or anything like that that could possibly uh, stamp on my level of confidence. Luckily, I wasn't bullied. Were you, um, were you the bully? <laughs> no, I wasn't <laughs> the bully. <laughs> um, I, but for as long as I can remember, I can probably say I've always had a lot of confidence. I have been the, the confidence guy, Um I don't know where it came from, but I just have, I've, I've always, even though it's more managed now, I've always had a huge ego, right? <laughs> but in, in, by like, you know, the ego where like the guy's like, who's this guy, right? Who's yeah, this yeah. guy over here? Yeah. And he's got this guy standing in the corner. That, that, that was me. And, um, but now I've, I've gotten rid of the, um, the unhealthy ego because we know how bad that can be, which I, I thought was all wrapped under one umbrella, this ego thing. Oh, that's But, good. um, Hold on. yeah, let so me, I, let me make I got rid of that. I just right, made yeah. up on the spot. Okay. There we go. Um, because, yeah, so that I always thought that like, ego was one thing. Yeah. And people say, get rid of your ego. Right. And that's what that's because that's what these, these big guys say. Get rid of your ego. Get, get rid of it. I'm like, OK, so I got the books that says, um, you know, uh, I can't remember what it's called. The famous one. Um, I can't remember. But um, about getting rid of your ego. And I'm, I'm, and I'm thinking, I was like, hold on a second. My point of view, people may agree or disagree, but my point of view is that you've got healthy and unhealthy types of ego, right? I know we're getting a bit away from acting. No, no, I'll, no, I'll, no I'll, this, I'll is good, this is good. Um, is that, like, what I mean by your unhealthy ego, actually, here's a good example. So I only realized this when I read Mask of Masculinity by Lewis Howes, okay, with the different masks, because that's how I realized, going through my process of my dad passing away, that's how I realized he was wearing masks, like a stoic mask, and I realized I'd been wearing all the masks under the sun, especially the sexual mask with the way you, with the way I was around women, that was the unhealthy ego, this is the thing, mm-hmm. and then I started to realize, I was like, hold on a second, I don't want to get rid of all of my ego, because my good ego has given me the confidence, and has made me a bit, bit cocky, but in a good way, that's rather than just being a shy, timid guy, I'm not. And I was like, and then I made a decision. I was like, no, I don't actually want to listen to these guys. I do want to keep a certain level of ego because people know me for that. And uh, I like, I like that about me. But what I do want to get rid of is the unhealthy ego is the mask that I wear subconsciously when I'm out in different environments. So you have enough confidence, enough ego. Uh, there's a balance now. And, and because you have, held on to the positive side of the ego that is actually very very beneficial for other people right now right so you're yeah. you know you might have thought it was cocky or whatever a little bit too confident or whatever i think there's we could go into detail about this but i do i think there's a little bit of a difference between cockiness and confidence and i feel like uh the ego kind of falls in between it goes back and forth uh, yeah and, yeah and i think there are not to not to bash people that aren't very confident, but you know, there's a saying going around. Um, what, what is it? So there, there's there's just there's a very negative outlook on somebody that's like overconfident or or somebody that's really really confident, and it, it gets to the point where it could not be beneficial to other people. Like if you're really cocky and self centered, 
that that's not going to help anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you're confident yeah. with who you are, who your story is and confident, so confident to the point where you know that you could actually help somebody, um, yeah. go either go through the same thing you've gone in the past. I think if you weren't so confident or cocky or, you know, got rid of all your ego, you wouldn't be able to help, you know? Yeah. And, um, quickly two things you said there, like one, I think somebody who's overly, overly confident, which is borderline, probably the unhealthy type of the ego, people can't relate to that. You know, they can't connect to that, to that level because they don't have that. I think that's definitely one reason. Um, and then I can't remember what I was just about to say there, but, um, I, yeah. So in terms of the, Oh, what's the second thing? And that was going to be important as well. Um, what was you just saying then? So I was saying, I was saying confidence and ego. There's, there's a balance in there between getting overly cocky and, uh, you know, overly confident. But I also think without confidence, with, without that balance, I feel like if you're losing a little bit of confidence, you're not going to post any of these videos, any, any tips for the day. And there's somebody out there that needs that coming off in their, in their feed or their timeline, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. So yeah, it's actually in relation to that is that what I've realized is with a lot of people who I've spoken to who believe that they don't have a story are the people that have limiting beliefs. Mm. They don't feel like they don't feel confident. They don't feel like they have the worthy right to have a place in this world on some level of impact. And that is down. Whoever has the, whoever's out there who has limiting beliefs right now, who doesn't have confidence right now is a result of some chapters that they've been through in their past. hundred percent. Right. They weren't just born with it and they didn't get it overnight. It's been implemented over time or right. one time, you know? Um, so definitely like you need to have some level of confidence, um, and to believe that you have a story to share and then to actually share is a different, you know, like for me, I love being on camera. I love, this is the thing that like, I love being on camera. I love talking. Um, so that definitely helps with me get my content out there, but then anyone can get to that stage. It's just taking a step outside your comfort zone. Right. Uh, quick question for you. So you're in the UK, yeah. right? This, this is kind yeah. of just a huge assumption, but when you, when you were younger, you know, uh, drinking in the UK is pretty big, right? Yeah. Would you say? Okay. So <laughs> did, did you find that you were more confident with booze or not confident with booze? Do you, oh, still, yeah. do you still drink a little bit? Um, yeah, it's cut down massively, yeah. like really, really big. Um, I can yeah, t- so I, like I just kind of assumed that just by the way you're chatting with your energy. Like I just, I just feel like you don't drink as much as you used to. No, big time. And here's why. And here's actually uh, something beneficial um, for your listeners as well. When, we talk, when I talk about chapters before, is that when we dive into our memory and we, we, we sort of grab memories as in chapters, new memory gets unlocked. If that makes sense, right? Yep. So like new things. So what I'm trying to say is like the first time that somebody sits down to write out their chapters, they may only have like five chapters that they can remember. But then they may go into the kitchen, make a cup of coffee, flick the kettle on, and that flicking the kettle on may trigger a different chapter. They may speak to somebody who triggers a different chapter. You should be continuously adding to your chapter list probably nearly every single week, mm. right? Um, so there was one chapter. I went basically, I finished college. I watched a hell of a lot of American Pie, right? <laughs> and then I was like, right, I want to look up the biggest party unis in the UK and there was a list of them and up there it wasn't one but up there definitely in the top five was um Kent University right and uh, I was like okay cool and there was a one year abroad in America uh, I had a look and it was LA and I knew that LA was party zone as well mm. could be and then I was like okay cool so I'm gonna apply for Kent Uni went to Kent Uni 
like literally as soon as I went in there, there was two shelves on the wall. One shelf I had already dedicated to my alcohol shelf, right? Because I had this, I had this picture, this vision in my mind that when I go to uni, it's going to be American Pie. That's all. I, that's all. <laughs> that's all I went there for, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing: I was partying every single six nights out of seven. I literally only gave myself one night off a week. So I was partying six nights out of seven. It was crazy. In, to begin with, it was it was cool because I hadn't been in that environment before. So it was it was it was awesome. It's crazy, and then it started to tick on. I started to be a bit repetitive, and then I remember that I was like, right. I said to my I said to my mates, I was like, so you, have you seen Project X? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I said to my mates, I said to my mates, like, come in my room. We'll put on Project X, right? Project X finishes. I'm like, we pumped. Like, yo, we pumped. Like, we're going to make the best party this campus has ever seen, right? And I was there. I was there like, like, like the quarterback trying to ramp up his team, right? I said, right, we're going to organize this for next weekend. So um, word got out. I was like, I'm going to do shots on the door when people walk in. And we lived in a dorm and there was five bedrooms in our dorm, right? There was five bedrooms. And I remember, like, I went crazy on this. On the top of the door frame, okay, I would have a label. One would be the the, uh, the beer pong room. One would be the shop room. One would be the DJ room, and it'd be all different rooms, right? And then word got out. People like literally, it was going crazy, yeah. And I was getting pumped. I was because I was like, wow, this is actually coming true. And then um, the time came. People started to flood into this corridor and into all of our rooms, right? And then <laughs> and then like literally half an hour later, five security guards come in. Yeah, oh. shut the shut the place down. <laughs> yeah, and then um, then they report me. And here's the thing, like I was near. Well, so they reported me, and then uh, the next day we all had to go and visit our um, president of the campus, and um, he put me on my last warning before being kicked out. And it was a dean, D E A N, dean warning. And he goes, right, you're on your last warning, Perry. So you need to make a decision on what you want to do. You can't carry on the way you are, because I only been. So this was coming up towards the end of the term. So term is three and a half months, right? And this was coming up to Christmas. And he goes, right, when you come back next term, you need to be a different student. And I'd only been to three lectures in that term, right? That's, so I was, that's, I was there for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but here's why, here's why. I was going there intending, 100% intending to, because I think a, flick, uh, a switch happened. I was going there intending to go to every lecture, right? I, was, I had the dream and everything. But I remember that I went to my, because I did drama and film, and I went to my first film lecture. That was pretty cool, um, watching a film, dissecting it. Went to my first drama lecture, right? And um, now I knew that they, because I'm a method actor, right? So they were, I knew that I wasn't, wasn't really diving into method because method isn't a big thing in the UK. And, um, and a lot of the teachers are dead against method. And, um, but the woman, I, I tell you what, the woman was like, Somebody asked a question and she goes, well, I just want to let you guys know that we won't be doing any practical work for the first year and a half of your, of, of like university, right? It's all going to be theory. I remember listening to her and I'm like, huh? No practical for the first, she goes, you could do practical outside the lectures in your own little groups. I'm like, hold on a second. Yeah. And then I, I just, something switched. I was like, that ain't on. You can't be telling us to sit down and do theory for a year and a half. Like, I get this theory involved, but not, come on now. And, and then that rebel kicked out. And then, and then I remember sitting down on my uni bed. And I was like, I need to make a decision here. I said, I can't carry on like this. And I made a decision to drop out of uni and move, move back in with my parents. But here's the thing, right? When I was... Was, I that, only, was that an easy decision? <laughs> <laughs> it was. <Yeah>. That's crazy. <laughs> this is the thing. I didn't dwell on it for days and days and days. I think it took me probably about a day to really think about it. And sure, I, I, sure. I, I spoke to some of my mates in my dorm. They said I was crazy for leaving. 
they was like, what are you doing, man? You're Perry. Like, stay here. Right. <laughs> and I had to fight against their voice. But it's what I'm saying. I'm not easily swayed. Like, just because they said you should stay doesn't wouldn't make me be like, oh, okay, I'll stay then. You know, I'm quite strong in that in that sort of respect. And um, so, I, yeah, I moved out. And then, um, but here's the thing, right? So I only remembered that chapter a couple of weeks ago. I was talking to one of my coaching clients and he was talking to me about, and it was quite a similar experience, but he stayed on there and he sold his alcohol problem going throughout college in America. And he told me about that chapter, about his alcohol experience. And I was like, oh, wow. And this is the thing. I had always, that chapter was locked away in my mind. I could never remember it until he made that trigger and I remembered it. Mm. That's the crazy thing, which is what I'm trying to get across here, that there may be big chapters, but you just, like an invisible cloak is over it and it takes somebody to say something or something to happen for that invisible cloak to be lifted off and you're like, wow, okay, cool. So that had a huge part of me. Well, that's interesting because now, now that you say that and you break it down so simply, right? I, I find that as soon as I post a video, right? excuse me, as soon as I post a video, somebody will comment or say something or ask a question about the video that was never, ever a part of my mind until that question was asked or, uh, you know, for some sort of advice or, um, you know, a little bit more clarification about a part of a story that I posted or something like that. And I find that that, like you're saying, actually triggers a new chapter or an old chapter that I had locked away. And I was like, Oh wow, this is crazy. I, and then it just, it's kind of, it's the momentum just picks up. Honestly, like you, you forget how much shit that you've gone through or how much, yeah. th how many things you have to talk about, you know, and we, it, how much, how long is a video? Like you can't explain your whole life in 10, 20, 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's, that's hilarious because I'm realizing a lot more recently as I'm posting these videos and I'm like, Oh wow. The only way those chapters are going to get unlocked is if I'm sharing what's on my mind right now exactly for those people to uh you know it's you like don't you know keep, what you don't know right and I, I when i first started i thought i was gonna run out of content <laughs> right i was like i don't have a good story i'm gonna run out of content like this week and then uh it just started picking up and people started asking questions and i was like oh wait you didn't go through that or you you uh need to know this or wait i have the answer for this or i can help you do this and all of a sudden uh oh man it's so crazy especially with like website stuff right now a lot of people need help with things i've done four or five years ago and I was like, oh, wow. So there's a whole new you know, set of people coming in that I can just help. And that's really exciting. Um, Did, listen, yeah. Go ahead. What were you saying? I was just very, very quick. I was going to say, I'm 24 years old. There's a lot of content. I should never be able to run out of content. I've been on this planet for 24 years. Right. <laughs> and one day is 24 hours. So I've been for a lot of hours, you know, and it's just a case of just trying to explore as much as you can into your past. And you will uncover content chapters. I love that. Do you plan on writing a book at some point? Oh, that was that was a subtle compliment, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I yeah, well, I have no idea what I write about, but like, I would love to write a book at some point. Wait, yeah. You, I, you I have know. no idea what you write about. You already gave us the first chapter here. This is crazy. Yeah, no, I just want you to say that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that, that's interesting. So, about uh, I mean, I've told you before, your voice would be great for a uh, voiceover too, if you were to read your own book. And that seems pretty popular nowadays. Everybody's kind of reading their own book. Um, so back to acting. What did you find? Yes uh helpful so so did you leave la and had you went back to the uk did you i was when, never in la oh you never ended up going to la no oh i thought you I, it was like, i'm sorry I thought oh you said, sorry sorry so oh you talk about uni yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the uni sorry my bad my bad um no because uni um that year abroad in, in la would have been in the third year and i lost three months oh got you got you <laughs> 
So, so you never made it. <laughs> no, I was, I was a long way off. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. So when did you, so acting after you went to school there and she was talking about the theory, <laughs> you're not going to do anything practical. A uh, similar thing happened to me. What did you do after you, so after you left, did you still pr- pursue acting? Did you start learning how to shoot your own stuff with friends and stuff? Yeah, this is the thing. So like when I was in secondary school, so I've got a, uh, Two cousins, a brother and sister, Greg and Becky. For people, um, for gr- people in America, what is secondary school? High school. High school. I I, <laughs> I actually say high school, and I have no idea why actually why I say secondary school because secondary school takes like an hour just to say that. High yeah. school is uh, over and done with. <laughs> I prefer that way of saying it. Um, I yes, I was in high school, and then um, I got yeah two cousins, brother and sister, Greg and Becky. Greg is a director, um, and he's quite successful. Um, which I'm quite proud of has come a long way. And then we've got Becky who she's done a lot of acting work, but she's more of a producer. Mm. And um, I remember being in high school and, and um, I was sitting down with Becky. Um, and I, how old was I? must have been like 14, 15. And we were talking about what we want to do. And I remember saying to her, I, I, like, I was just saying to her, you know, I was young. I was like, I would love to be an actor. At that time, I didn't know much that goes into it. But like now I couldn't imagine anything which I'll get into in a second because I know you'll be able to relate to it. But um, I said to her, you know, I, I want to be an actor. She goes, is there anything else that you would love to do? And I, <laughs> I, I, I think, <laughs> and I think um, I said to her, I'm pretty sure I, because I've always had a fascination with service, like military and police. I've always had a fascination with it. Um, and I would have joined the Marines if, if by, well, my dad never gave me consent before the age of 16. Um, and then I got to 18. I still wanted to join. He couldn't say anything, but, um, I won't, I won't say guilt trips me, but um, I knew that like, he called me up one Christmas and um, the military were calling in on this radio show to get connected with their, their wives to say Merry, say Merry Christmas. And I remember him calling me up crying down the phone and goes, I don't want you to have to call me up on a radio show or even worse, you want on the other line kind of thing. And um, I know some people w- wouldn't, won't agree with how he did that, which I understand, but I'm not in his shoes. I don't know what I'll be like when I've got a kid. But um, he was only thinking the worst of what could happen to join the military. So I decided to withdraw my application. But I remember when I was saying to Becky, I'm pretty sure I said something to do with policing. She goes, if there's even a smidget of you possibly wanting to do anything else, I will go and do that because you're in for a tough ride when it comes to acting. But if you are 100% certain that you want to go in, you want to be an actor, then you make sure you give it your 100%. So I was like, okay, cool. And like, it's like hard work doesn't, doesn't, it might send some people away, but it doesn't phase me. I was like, no, I, I want to do it. So I uh, took up acting classes through secondary school. Um, I went to college, which for you guys, um, what age are you in high school until? Uh, most people graduate at like 18 or, or I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Like 17 or 18. Okay, so I think pretty sure I could be wrong. I have no idea about the education system now, but I'm pretty sure it's changed to 18 over here. But for me, you leave high school when you're 16, mm. and then you can either go to sixth form or you go to college, um, which is basically, it's basically like a university, right? But you can go there for two or three years. So I went to college, and I studied uh, performing arts for three years. Um, and that was really my first professional experience where we're doing theater shows. I did my own play, wrote my own play as well. And, Amazing. Um, pe- so you wrote one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love writing, yeah. And But this is the thing, like, <laughs> the reason why I wrote my own play is because I was fed up of doing other people's because it wasn't my style. Right. Because I, and um, 
and I remember, yeah, we were doing it and it was just an amazing experience. And then I went to a different college, finished my education, written another play to do. Um, and yeah, just had people coming in. Just, just, just really, really amazing. And then I went to, I did loads of classes outside of that, like in London. And then I went to, which really transformed me. It was a method acting boot camp, which is a three day course by, um, his, his, um, actual, uh, so his name is Brian Timoney. He's a student of somebody who was actually taught by um, uh, Sanford Meisner. Right. Um, which is really cool. So, yeah, I went to that and that really transformed me because I remember being at this method acting boot camp. And I think I made this in one of my posts a couple of days ago. And it was that was really about getting you out of your comfort zone because there's so many different. I don't know if you touched upon method acting or dived into that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> So that's the, that's I, the only way I, I can learn there. That's I mean that was the that was the one that triggered the most uh, acting, I suppose, or the the most emotion for me. Anyway, yeah, because I mean for me this is the thing. Like, and I love this. I this I never get into debates, but I will always. This is the only thing that I'm passionate about enough that I'll get into a debate about is with somebody who doesn't agree with method acting. Mm. I love it because like they're like, oh, I don't understand why you have to actually live the character. I don't actually have to like and, and things like that. But I'm like, well. If I don't truly believe or don't, if I don't truly become this character I'm playing, then I feel like I'm just myself on stage, just saying these words and feeling these emotions kind of thing. And, but when I was at this method acting boot camp, it's all about getting out of your comfort zone, right? Like becoming an animal and really getting yourself and letting these emotions flood through you. And at that stage in my life, I was still wearing a mask. I was being this man's man. So when everyone around me is crying and talking about their past, I was blocking it up. So I was the only one I wasn't crying. I was blocking it up, right? But I was like, I ain't blocking it up, bro. No, nothing's wrong. But I knew there was, right? And, uh, and I remember there was this one scene where all the girls had to sit down in the chair and then all, the music came on and all the guys had to do a strip tease to the girls on a chair, right? To really, Brian was like, I really want to see you guys. Everyone there was getting like their clothes, they wouldn't get butt naked, but they left their boxes on, but like they were, get, they were stripping their clothes off, really getting into it. And me, I was so self-conscious, like looking back on it, which I only did that reflection work a couple of weeks ago and I made the post a couple of days ago. And I was like, I was looking back on it, I was like, I really, I didn't take any, I didn't take my top off, you know? And I was just being so awkward. And that was because like, I just wasn't, I wasn't myself, you know? Like if you get a typical man's man, they wouldn't do that. Do you know what I mean? Right. Cause it's really outside their comfort zone. And, um, and I remember, one, it made me realize about getting out of comfort zone. And yeah, I thought I had all this confidence, but it was almost like a fake confidence. Because if I was truly confident with who I was, I wouldn't have had a necessarily much of a problem doing that. And then I said on one post the other day, I was like, but if I was to go to that boot camp now, I would walk to that place naked. Right, <laughs> you know, right, yeah. like the difference, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just crazy. But yeah, it's, oh, it's absolutely love it man it's just because just the thought my, the best way for me to sum it up is uh, Robert De Niro Robert De Niro once said it was um, the best thing about acting is living in someone else's shoes without paying the consequences right I was like <laughs> that's <amazing>. yeah <laughs> that's amazing I was like man yes I can you're trying to tell me that I can become a policeman so to speak but not pay the consequences like wow yeah man that's amazing well yeah I, I mean I feel like right now my work 
is literally just like sitting at a desk all day with a computer, just talking to people or whatever. Like that's really exciting for me, but I would also yeah. like to experience what it would be like to be a cop, you know, and have these, have these you know, <laughs> yeah. cars blowing up in the background or, or do a, a, you know, movie where I'm part of the Marines or something, you know what I mean? And, uh, I've always felt that way where it's just like, well, I mean, and, and think about it, the guys that really go through it, like Bradley Cooper and, and, um, you know, you, you see these guys and they'll actually go through a boot camp. Or they'll actually go through training to at least build some kind of memory bank of uh, something yeah. they can pull from when they're on set. You know, acting. It's crazy. Um, yeah. I, I, are, you, are you producing anything now? You guys got anything no, that works? No. So this is the thing, right? So I um, went traveling and then I came back. I was like, right, this is my moment. This is my time where I'm going straight in. Because I, I remember when I left school and I was in college, I had an agent, right? And they'll get me, they'll book me, you know, loads of auditions. They're doing a very good job. I didn't land anything, right? But I didn't have any proper training. I just thought I was great, but I wasn't, right? And this is the thing. This is a negative ego, thinking I was everything, but I wasn't. And, um, yeah, and then the auditions started to die down. And I wasn't in that mentality where I get my own work. I was expecting my agent to get me everything, right? As we know, it's not the case. And um, I ended up uh, emailing them, firing them. And because um, I thought I could do better on my own, and um, and then I I think it died down, and then I went traveling, came back, moved to London. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm gonna start going to classes and start getting work on my own. I did a, a few student films, and then I um, started to do work. You know, like the typical as you're an actor, you become a bartender kind of thing, just to finance your way through it. I did so many jobs, and the thing with me, if I don't like it, I don't, I won't do it. And I, that's a bad flaw for some people. I know Andy Frisella makes a big point now on his podcast. Like um, he goes, you know, if you're in a bad state, you go and mop a kitchen floor, and you'd be proud of doing it. And whenever I hear him say those words, I'm like, but I can't. Yeah. Even that's <laughs> a bad thing about me, right? So I'm doing all these jobs, and I'm just, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm here for a bigger purpose. I can't be doing these jobs. I can't be pulling this guy a pint. Like I shouldn't be here. You know, that's always going from, I couldn't do one shift happy. I was so unhappy, negative. And I try all these different jobs and I'm like, I'll quit this job, but okay, this job be better. And I just came to the realization that no job I'm going to do is going to be good. I remember, I remember working for a call center for which magazine they only hired actors, which is pretty cool because the guy who runs it was an ex actor. And this is an actor's paradise because it's a call center and you can literally work any hours you want. And let's just say for the next week, you book in for 40 hours to work in a call center. And last minute, you get an acting job or on this audition. All you've got to do is send the manager your, your agent email that says you've got an audition. And then he lets you off. So it's perfect, right? Yeah, and I amazing. did it. I lost it. I lost it three shifts because it was so repetitive. And I, like, I can't do this. And then I had to, again, like in uni, I had to sit down like Perry because the unhappiness was spilling over into the quality of my acting work. I was like, has to, you've got to do something here, even if it's putting acting on the back burner for a while. And I was like, what makes you happy? And I said, fitness. So sh shortening the story, I became a personal trainer. And actually, this is how I got into your entrepreneurial world. It's through acting. So now, right now, I'm waiting for a little bit to build up what I'm doing now. And then what I'm going to do is finance. Yeah. Amazing. It's finance. Um, Brian Timoney, what I mentioned about before, the acting boot camp, he has a year-long course, which is 17, 18 grand, 1,000 pounds, right? Um, which is probably about twenty, twenty-two thousand dollars, um, and it's one weekend a month for a year, 
um, and it is the perfect training. Like it's what I vision, and I want to do that. And um, but I don't want to be paying it monthly. I want to whack it all on. I just want to pay it so it's done. So I'm just waiting to get. And this is the thing. Like some people are like, oh, you're not acting right now, so you don't want to do it. And I I used to. That used to affect me. Because it used to be like they're punching my heart. I'm like, Perry, you're not doing acting anymore. I'm guessing you, you dropped out of that, like everything else. I'm like, and I bite my tongue now because I'm like, it's cool. They don't understand. You know, it's not like they don't understand, but don't, they don't need to understand. I'm getting there, but I'm taking a little bit of a different route to get there. Dude, More of a happier I, I, route. I couldn't have said it better myself, and I'm so happy you're on the same page. Um, because I felt like I was giving up acting when I was just watching all my friends do the same exact thing and nobody was doing anything anything dude like they were all doing the same thing they were all auditioning they were all getting told no uh some would try to write scripts but then never produce it or some would you know uh produce something and then you know want to post it and try to make uh, another one but you only have so much friends and so many friends and family members that can donate to your (laughs) little little fun project so i said you know what i gotta i gotta take it upon myself to come outside of it and look look at it from a bird's eye view and figure out what the industry where the where it's going first of all where uh and and how as an actor you can kind of like take your rights back basically and start monetizing your own uh thing on your own empire on your own platform whatever and because i was like i don't i have a problem with getting told no personally myself so if i knew that i could do one of the roles and i was going for an audition and they would say uh you know oh we'll call you i was like don't well just don't bullshit me like just tell me i don't fit for the role or <laughs> yeah. whatever you know and that would really piss me off so then i said well fuck it i have friends writing me scripts already and then it seemed like everything i knew about how to get an acting job uh turned out you didn't really need to do any of it there was just a whole bunch of like fluff within the system that if you just focused on what you wanted to do and started hanging out with the right people um and i don't mean like casting agents and stuff i mean if you started hanging out with people that were motivated to produce stuff like you all of a sudden you had your own content um so same goes for me my long-term goal is to be able to come back in and have my own little um netflix but with a fan base that pays me directly no third party no no, none of that so anybody that we bring on board automatically makes money for what they've produced you know what i mean because i feel like that's the only way to do it not selling the rights to anything and you can see disney's doing that right now they're taking all their shit off netflix and like everybody's trying to like control yeah everybody's got their own streaming platform now everybody's trying to control their own content now because it's just got so wild and you're you don't have control over the image that you're trying to portray with that story or that message that you wanted to get out in the first place you know what i mean it can be corrupt really really fast so yeah you know you know what's crazy is that i you could probably actually no not could you i know you'll be able to relate is that if i stayed in that acting journey and i carried on getting those auditions i mean i don't know where that route would have taken me but i can guarantee you i wouldn't be the type of person that i am now with this mindset 100 percent for sure because now i now i've face four years worth of i mean i know in acting you're facing rejection and in entrepreneurship this is my fifth year and i face constant rejection constant failure and these lessons i've learned how to talk to people how to build relationships how to talk to people like yourself who's in a completely different country and with my mission and with everything like that i know for a fact that when it's time like truly time to go back into acting it's going to be a different it's going to be a different story because i'm going to be such a different person as before, you know, and you'll have so many things to draw from when it comes to your story. Scene, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the thing. When it comes to creating a character, I'm like, right. So I need to portray this emotion here. Back to method. What what chapter of boom, man? What chapter of my life can I can I link that? And then 
Yeah, see, that's the thing, man. It's, it full all circle. pays off in the end. Full, yeah, full circle. Dude. <laughs> that's so funny. All right, listen. So I don't know. I don't even know how long we've been uh, doing this podcast. Hold one second. It feels like two minutes, we, man. I know. This is crazy. We've been on for an hour. Um, listen, I wanted to talk to you real quick. I have a couple yep. of fun questions to ask. One would be, what's your favorite book and why? Favorite book and why? Okay. Oh, easy. Master of Masculinity, Lewis House. Why? Because it literally, people say, oh yeah, that changed my life. No, literally changed my life because it made me realize that I was wearing these different types of masks. One of the biggest ones was the, was the sexual mask. And as soon as I realized that, I took it off and I made an oath to never put that mask back on. And I, I, I haven't, you know, um, and then it made me realize that my dad was wearing a lot of masks. Like it just it changed my life. Like there's no tomorrow. And I've, I've told Lewis House, and I love that how he does respond back to his Instagram messages because he, he's responded back to every single Instagram message I've ever sent him. And he's always thanked me for my, the words I, I spoke to him about the book. So, so, um, do you find, do you find that reaching out to, um, I guess new celebrities, right? These new entrepreneurs. Uh, do you find they're fairly accessible on Instagram? Um, yeah, I definitely would say it. I know it's a bit of a silly answer, but I'd definitely say it depends on who it is. But I would say more cases than not. Um, but this, this is the thing. Like I've, I actually tested it. I responded and sent a message to some uh, fitness professionals, right? Who doesn't even have a following on the same level as Lewis House, right? Right. But they don't even respond back to any of them. Right. So it really does. It's a hard one to answer, but it does depend. Yeah. So I've had, I've had in the fitness industry, I've had a lot of success reaching out to, uh, you know, physique, men's physique guys through Twitter. You know, it's like a less channel. I don't know why, dude, but like each one of them, every, I had three of them. I contacted all three and all three replied, um, which is kind of crazy, but that doesn't happen to me on Instagram. That's why I'm asking. Was there instant? I'm love. I think I've used. Actually, I do have a Twitter account. That was back in my acting days because it's one of my headshots. Um, well, see, nobody uses Twitter, so I feel like if you get a notification over there, you're just like, oh wait, where's this? <laughs> you know? That's probably true. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Not that point. nobody uses it, but I feel like I don't use it anymore. Um, it's big in the acting industry, though. It it is huge. Yeah, for entertainers, yeah. it's huge. Um, yeah. The other question is, I saw you in a Packers jersey, and I want to say why. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hint of negativity behind that why. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the thing. Somebody, somebody did a message. Somebody actually, somebody said to me, he's an American. He goes, um, somebody said, what is your dream car? Right. And I said that my dream car, people will say that Lamborghinis or some type of sports car. I'm the guy who would like a Lamborghini, but it's not my dream car. Sure. You know, I have a, uh, an everyday car and I have a weekend car, like a luxury car. So my everyday car is a Chevy pickup truck. Nice. Simple. <laughs> Chevy Silverado, I think you pronounce it Silverado pickup truck. And then my weekend car is a 1967 Chevrolet Impala, black. Right? Yep. And this guy, this guy messaged me, goes, you are the most American British guy I have ever, ever come across. And I was like, you know what? It's true. I, I do, I hate English TV shows and English films. Oh I don't God. like it. We're the opposite, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's because from an early age, all I've watched is American stuff. Um, and, and in relation to the Packers, my dad installed a Sky. Do, do, do you guys have Sky no, over there? I know what it is, though, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, he installed a, installed a Sky box oh, sorry, in my bedroom. For, and for the listeners, it's like a, it's like a DirecTV type of thing. Uh, you know, it's that kind of um, cable internet type thing, right? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, basically. Just basic television. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so we installed a, a skybox into my bedroom. I must have been um, 12, 13 at the time. So we installed it in my bedroom. And I remember walking in, not really knowing what it was, because to be honest, that's quite, I mean, now it's an everyday thing, but definitely back then, it's a bit of a luxury to have that in your bedroom at that age. And um, I remember going to the sports channel and I just put on, I just saw like American football. I didn't know what it was really. I put it on and there was a game being played. It's like, oh wow, this is cool. And I, I remember saying, whoever wins this match, I'm gonna support for the rest of my life. I always remember saying that, yeah. <laughs> I remember sitting on my bed, watching uh, the game and the Packers won. I'm like, oh, well I settled it then. Do you know and who I they were playing? My guns. <laughs> I was trying to think about this the other day <laughs> and I was like, damn it, I can't remember who they're playing. That's so but, funny. Uh, Dude, I'm yeah, hardcore NFL slash Packers fan. Like it's it's crazy, and because it, it's not bigger, but it's getting bigger. Because now there's I think three games a year now within the NFL season over here being played in Wembley and uh, Twickenham Stadium now. Actually, funny enough, it's the first year. Um, but yeah, who do you support? Uh, so I I support New England Patriots. <laughs> so that's that's my team. Um, but it's funny because I. I had a, a British girlfriend for several years and I was introduced to a uh, Welsh girlfriend, sorry, um, for several years. And she was just, she introduced me to rugby and everything. So now I'm a fan of the Welsh rugby and, uh, you know, Cardiff's soccer team. And so if oh, yeah. I just like, that just came out of nowhere for me, you know, I didn't pick like man U or anything like that. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's, I was interested cause you know, a lot of when, when, when I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of British friends. I still have a lot of British friends that went to acting school here. Uh, and they all just kind of jumped on whatever bandwagon, you of know, course. team that was around. And I like ended up doing like the Pats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it, right. She, so she was a Pats fan, but then everybody else in New York was like a Giants fan. So then people would be like, Oh, well I like the Giants. And then for baseball, they were like, Oh, I like the Yankees. And it just seems like you go with your first team that you're introduced to, to the sport, which is why I was asking. I I've never, I've never actually met a Packers fan in the, no, actually, I haven't. I don't think I've met. I've seen one or two people walking around with a Packers jacket, but um, I've never actually yeah, because it's not it's not the glory team you go after. No, no. Right? <laughs> yes. I mean, it should be, but but Rogers. I mean, oh, Jesus, we well, got injured in the first bloody game. You know, he's just he gets he, injured he came, every year. He, he came back though. He came back. <laughs> he did, but come on now. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, no, no, when I when I saw the jersey, the first thing that came to my head was, oh man, do they even have fans? <laughs> <laughs> Do they even have fans over there? I'm just fucking with you. Um, so we have that, and then uh, headspace. You and I both bumped uh, bumped heads on, yeah. oh, not bumped heads on this, but we we both have this in common. So why do you use headspace? Is that part of a morning routine if you have one, or is it part of uh, your routine throughout the day? Or yeah, so I um, this is the thing. I'm not even going to sound like I'm, I'm an angel here. I um, I've fallen out of routine probably for maybe about week and a half to two weeks out of routine because i was listening to it every single day now i listen to it every other day but um but now because i've said this out loud i i, I have to now go back into it <laughs> yes, um, you don't have to this is i just wanted to <laughs> no, know for if you me have, though oh, gotcha, for me gotcha. though i do for me though i do um but yeah when i do use headspace one why do i use it it's because um i think i think we spoke about this is because it's a guy's voice right yeah, yeah. so i've tried i downloaded the, the first time somebody told me to use headspace I downloaded, I think, four or five different meditation apps. I tried them all out, and their voices, um, one of them annoyed me. Uh, and then <laughs> the other the other ones, just, it just didn't relax me. It just didn't vibe with me. Headspace, I just found it very soothing, just the way he talks. 
Um, I just found it very relaxing. So that's why I picked it. I think very beautifully, beautifully designed. Um, and when I do use Headspace is in the morning. So morning. it's part of the morning routine. But what I will tell you, which I think is vitally important, which I do do every single night, is um, I listen to Bob Proctor. I listen okay. to his abundance meditation every night to go to sleep. And um, he's the best guy I've ever had in bed. And, uh, <laughs> and well done. <laughs> he, it's a meditation app that's about 17, 18 minutes long, I think. I never, ever, ever make it past the 10-minute mark. Wow. He conks me out every single time. I've never gotten to the end of the podcast and onto and to the end of the meditation. That's Powerful. crazy. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to make a note of that and check it out. Uh, the the last question is if you had, what what does your perfect day look like as far as routine? Um, I know some I know things come up and you can't always do you know of course all seven things you want to do right when you wake up. <laughs> but uh, if you could, what would your uh, what would a perfect day for you look like? So perfect day would be to. I know a lot, like some people, their perfect day would be to wake up at whatever time, but my perfect day is to wake up early. So my perfect day would be get up maybe about five, okay? I want to get up. Um, and like my dream home is a home looking over Bondi Beach in Australia, okay? So I want to be able to wake up at five o'clock in the morning because I've got a, uh, a beautiful dog and I want to have three dogs. Okay, so look over uh, the beach to wake up, have a coffee, looking over the beach, do some meditation in the morning to, and go and have a workout. Come back and it's 9 a.m., for example. Um, and this is the thing, like, with my perfect day, if I have to be doing stuff. I can't be the guy who just sits there and maybe just looks at the scenery because I get bored very easily, very easily. So I need to be doing stuff. So things like coaching calls, but coaching calls with – like my dream clients, which is people that I'm working with now, but just people I really, really get on with, just having a couple of coaching calls throughout the day, um, and then just hanging out with friends and family. Like it's not even complex, it's just a very simple, my dream day is literally just to be able to wake up by the beach. Like right now, if you said to me, what's my dream day right now? It will be to say to travel to somewhere where there's a beach. Mm. So it's to basically live on a beach, be around my dogs, and to be working with my clients, um, not to be glued, like I would like to have my assistants that creates content. I don't want to be glued, which I am now, to my computer screen, creating all my content. Like, but I think it's very necessary in the beginning stages because it builds this mind, it builds the way you flow, gets your voice. But I'm um, just working with clients and um, just chilling out in the evenings with friends in person, not over the phone. Perfect. That's a great answer. Simple. <laughs> Simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you don't need to complicate it, right? That's it. What about you? I'm interested to know about you. Oh, man. Uh, a perfect day for me would be to wake up early. I would say probably around six o'clock. Right now, I'm trying to, right now, I don't set an alarm. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to like naturally wake up. And it seems to be around six o'clock right now. I've kind of like moved it back slowly for some reason. Um, but alarms that are actual alarms, I hate. So I've, if I were to do an alarm, it'd have to be some kind of like music or something I produced <laughs> really, really simple to hear really easy, like good notes and stuff. Um, but anyways, so I would say wake up fairly early six o'clock, uh, and then, uh, meditate right off the bat and listen to some affirmations. I've been doing, I've been listening to affirmations. Um, Sam ovens, you're familiar with Sam ovens. Um, yeah, yeah. he says, 
he, he was like, hey, just read these affirmations if you can record it and play it back. So I've been listening to affirmations that I've, uh, you know, created and just played them back. It's probably like 15 minutes or so. And it's just basically telling me, you know, about confidence, like you're, you're confident, whatever, or, you know, I'm a confident, I read it myself. So it's like, I'm confident in this. I can do this. I can handle excessive amounts of money when I hire new clients. I love taking new clients on whatever. And that's really helped me lately. So it would be that a uh, little bit of meditation. And then I go, uh, play basketball for like an hour or two. Uh, and then the gym, and then I would say basketball for about an hour and then the gym. And then if I could catch, um, a, a movie in the theater, that would be an ideal day. And then, uh, I would say, from th- from then on, just conversations like this with people that, uh, you know, I can build relationships with, friendships with, and uh, yeah, if I had a podcast episode every day and I could just post videos like that, it would be ideal. This is a thing, dude. Like you, you saying that, it's like, well, hold on a second. Oh, and food. I mean, how long food? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like seven <I'm> like, meals. <laughs> seven meals. Yeah, man. Just Dwayne Johnson it out, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm like, actually, hold on, but my my dream day that probably is an essence, but maybe not every day has to be like that for me. Cause I'm like, if I could picture what I really love and it is just to be on set and creating a beautiful piece of like movie that families go out and look forward to and mm. see and it inspires them when I walk out of that movie, the movie theater, you know, and I, that for me gets me pumped and excited. Um, but when you're saying, I've got a question for you, what has been the best film you've seen within the last year? Oh God. Within the I last know, year. I very quickly, you know what? Somebody messaged me yesterday. I don't know if you have this as well, but he messaged me. He goes, what's your top five films? I'm oh like, God, dude, dude, I, I can't know. answer that for you. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I actually said to him, give me to the end of the day. That was two days ago. Really? I, I can't, I can't I don't, do it. I don't, have, I don't have a favorite. I don't have... I would say... Um, I would say within the past year, though, honestly, uh, maybe Phantom Thread, if you saw that. Um, I didn't know. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He's, he's wicked famous. I can't even think of his name. But um, Phantom Thread was about a guy that, that makes dresses for a living, and he is extremely oh. passionate about... Um, um, I can't Daniel Day-Lewis? Yes, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Of course he's method, that's why. Amazing. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. And yeah. then... Uh, I haven't actually seen that yet. It's, it's, it's incredible. You, I'll bet you can relate to a couple things he says, and then a couple things are like the big ego, and it's like, ooh. <laughs> um, it's British, isn't it? Yeah. Is it not a British film? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's probably why you haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, uh, it was fantastic but, getting you on here. Go ahead. What were you yeah. saying? I was just going to say very quickly, uh, I want to know if you've seen this film. Um, and, you know, this is just typical me because I forgot the name. I'm pretty sure it's like um, the, glass, the, the Glass House. Glass, glass House? House? No, I don't think so. You're not seeing that, dude. That was been the one of the best films I've seen in actually probably a couple of years. Um, the Glass House. Um, Harrison, uh, what's his name? Harrison. Um, he did uh, True Detective with. Oh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, it's him. It's his film. Beautiful film. Interesting. V- very good acting. But yeah, that was it for me. Oh, 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 oh one more question. Um, do you have? <laughs> this is going to keep going. One more. Wait, wait. <laughs> Um, do you have a do you have a specific uh show that you would recommend say like something to binge because i'm a huge i I only have a select few shows that i really really like this is going to be very biased of me to say but um, i don't know if you've seen it but i am a i wouldn't base this on what is good quality acting but i'm based because i am such a kid when it comes to tv show and it's supernatural Super okay. I haven't seen that, and I hear it's really good. So I'm gonna. Oh, oh there we go, dude. I um, wow. I uh, my my favorite classic car. So the '67 Chevy Impala. Yeah. That's a that's a car from the film. A lot of my a lot of my uh, past has been based around that. Like it's just because it. 
Yeah, <laughs> it sounds sad, but it's just an incredible TV show. Amazing. All right, dude. That is gonna, yeah, that is going to be the last question. <laughs> I've actually got one more. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to do this again sometime. I'll get you on a podcast uh, again very great, soon. Man. This has been, been fantastic. Very good. I can't wait yeah. to uh, see what we keep coming up with. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you for having oh, me on. It's before been, uh, we go, this isn't the last question, but this is for the audience. Is there something that uh, you would like to give to uh, the audience if they hear this, or where can they find you? Um, if Say they just want to share their story. Where should they reach out to you best? Is that Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, cool. So uh, the only two social media platforms I use is Facebook and Instagram. Um, and literally, my name is the easiest name you can ever remember, and that's Perry Power. Okay, so just literally putting Perry Power onto Facebook and Instagram, I come up. Well, actually, my Instagram handle is Perry Will Power because my name is Will. Um, gets even better. That's and, great. Uh, <laughs> that is perfect for you. That's it's amazing. so fitting for what I do as well. Oh my it? god. Um, and growing up, people always used to thought that was my stage name as well, which is quite kind of quite funny. That is amazing. Um, but I have a Facebook group as well, which um, is personal branding and storytelling hacks for entrepreneurs. So if any of you guys want to build that up, you can join a free Facebook group. Which, But when you got my Facebook wall, you'll see it there. That's okay. all you guys need. What's the name of the group? It's called um, Personal Branding and Storytelling Hacks for Perfect. Entrepreneurs. All right. All right, man. Again, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> no problem. Dude, it's been one of the best podcasts I've been on, man. It's been The flow has been insane. I loved it. Good, good. We'll do one next time, and, and I'll, I'll keep it longer. I'll come up with more questions and... Uh... Wait, hold amazing. up, dude. You're going to come no. on mine? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a power show. You're going to come on? There absolutely. we go. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, what's the name of that one? Oh, that would, that would probably help, wouldn't it? So I've got a podcast series show called uh, The Power Show. And it, that basically is, um, I really wanted to take it to that new levels. And each show is a guest just talking about their story, about the struggles that they've been through, the lessons amazing. that they've learned. And it's just diving into people's lives. And Simple. I'm going to help you get that up to... Uh like Spotify and Stitcher and iTunes and whatever else. Um, and so, so I remind me to do that because I, I want to show you, I just want to show you the editing software that I used to get it up there or the publishing software. And then we'll be able to get that going. Yeah. I've, um, cause I, somebody showed me ages ago from the mastermind. So it's already on Spotify and iTunes. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It's on there. Um, it just, it's just the, the biggest issue that I've got right now. Yeah. So you guys, you can go on Spotify and iTunes, go to the power show. Um, <laughs> so bad just, at promoting our own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Dude. Definitely get better at it, but it's yeah, it's the it's the editing software that just gets right on my nerves. Well, check out check out this link. Oh, that's because you have a Chromebook yeah. though. That sucks. I know. Thank you for reminding that me, sucks. dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you soon and uh, keep in touch, please. All right. Yeah, dude. One hundred percent, man. Right. I catch you later. Have a good evening, you and too. I'll see you guys later. Take care. Cheers.